Well, uh, you know, I am just so excited to be able to minister the word to you this morning. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know that I am more of a uh, right now type of individual, meaning when I minister, I believe that I minister uh, to things that are going on right now, Amen. right now. Right now, and the Lord spoke to me as I was praying uh, last night for many hours. Last night I was up praying, and uh, He spoke to me and let me know that there are some that are under major attack right now of the enemy. And you know, you may not have been with us uh, for a long time, but I'm really particularly talking to those that have been with. Uh, this vision and have been really, um, you know, here for years. Uh, you have been in a place where you have received the word of God, and this is the hour of, of testing, so to speak, your faith. And, um, you know, the enemy would love nothing. You know, you people still believe there is an enemy out there that doesn't want his kingdom to advance in the earth, meaning he doesn't want people to really believe that God is who he is and that he can do what he said he can do and that we can have what he said we can have. Amen. And, and so, uh, you know, he spoke to me and said, there are people in our body under attack, under attack. And what's so awesome about this is that uh, we don't have to be ignorant of it. We can recognize what's happening and where it's coming from. But what's so great news about that is that not only uh, that we cannot have to be ignorant of the devil's devices, he's giving us tools or weapons to defeat the enemy. To defeat the enemy. Amen. And so I felt led to carry on, you know, the Holy Pastor has been ministering on the ingredients of faith. And as he was ministering on the ingredients of faith, uh, a scripture uh, rose up in me. You know, when you come to church, scriptures ought to be confirming what pastor is ministering to you in your life. Amen. Uh, because you've been in the Word. Because you've been reading the Word. And God's been speaking to you on a daily basis. So when you come to church, there ought to be things that uh, the Spirit of God is confirming of what the Scripture has been speaking to you all week long. If it's not, it's because you're not in the Word. That's just plain and simple, right? And so... Uh, I, as he was ministering on the ingredients of faith, uh, what rose up into me was the shield of faith. The shield of faith. And so, uh, you know, as I was pondering and meditating on what I was going to minister on, uh, the Spirit of the Lord said, they need to hear about my armor again. Because many people have forgotten uh, the armor and the weaponry that I've given them to be able to stand against the enemy and the things that are going on that he's trying to come against. I'm going to tell you because the devil don't want this church to possess this mall. 
He don't want it. And so he's doing everything he can to distract people, to get them off, to get them away, to get them uh, in discord, to get them in strife and division so that they are preoccupied and distracted with things that are going on in their own life that they are not focused on uh, being able to advance the kingdom of God with a group of people in the body of Christ. And so I'm letting you know that this is exactly what's happening and exactly what's going on right now with many. Now, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through 9, it says this. It says, uh, be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Now, on Wednesday nights, we've been talking about the battlefield and where that is. It's been going on in your mind, the soul realm, right? And so I'm not going to discuss that, but I'm going to tell you, you need to go back and you need to listen to Wednesday night services. If you've missed any, you need to go. You need to feed on it and listen to it and then yield it, yield to it and actually do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Because it does no good just to listen and to have the knowledge. No, I'm telling you today is the hour that we need to be applying everything that we are hearing. Everything that we're hearing from the Word of God. So, be of sober spirit. That means don't be drunk in your mind. Be of sober spirit. Listen, recognize, be on alert to what's happening. Your adversary. See, the church has quit talking about the fact that they have an adversary. There is still a devil in this world that is trying to get people, uh, keep people bound, keep people uh, from coming into the kingdom of light. And then not only that, he's trying to get God's people to fall away. Right? So he's still out there, the adversary, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He is looking for entrance in your life as a believer. If you're not a believer, he's already your daddy. The Bible says that. He's your daddy, the sons of disobedience. Right? But I'm telling you what, the devil is prowling around. He is roaring like a lion seeking someone to devour. And as believers, we need to recognize uh, and not give him entrance into our lives. Amen. Because he cannot affect us unless we have opened a door of entrance. And the door opens through our mind and through our flesh. Amen. Through our mind and through our flesh. That's how the doors open. Period. All right? And then he goes on to say, but resist him. He's roaring. He's looking for someone to devour. But in the hour of the time that he's coming around, you ought to be what? Resisting him. He is the only thing, hashtag, you ought to be resisting. Seriously. Resisting the enemy because he's the one that's trying to cause strife and division in our culture and in our world, period. He's looking for someone that he can use. So we ought to be resisting him and his schemes. So it says, but resist him firm in your what? Faith. Firm in your faith. Firm in your faith. Hallelujah. We ought to have a firm foundation in our faith. Amen. Yes. 
And then he goes on to say, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. Everybody has to be in a firm position of their faith. Every one of us has to continue to resist the enemy. Come on. Every one of us have different types of situations, circumstances, sufferings that we may be impending uh, and looking at ahead of us. But I'm telling you what he tells us the answer and that is to resist him to resist him and be firm in our faith 2nd Corinthians 2 11 says this so that no advantage would be taken on us by Satan for we are not ignorant of his schemes he has schemes he has schemes that he is trying to get you involved in yeah and then John 10.10 10 says this, the thief, he is the devil, the only one that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Come on. But Jesus says, I have came that I might give you life and that you would have it abundantly. Amen. Amen. So the one that's causing all the ruckus and, and, and causing all the things that are going on is being operated by the devil. The one that's coming only for three purposes. To kill your life, to destroy your life, and to steal from you. To steal what belongs to you. And he tries to steal what belongs to you. So this has to do with finances. But not only that, he tries to steal your health. He tries to steal. But he tries to steal from you by keeping you preoccupied and distracted uh, away from doing God's business. Come on. Doing God's business. And so it says, 1 John 3, 8, The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared. This is the good news. For this purpose, to what? Destroy the works of the devil. Listen, all the devil can do is roar. He's already been whipped and stripped and already been destroyed by Jesus, the greater one who's supposed to be living and dwelling on the inside of you. So all he can do is roar. All he can do is try to scheme and manipulate and play games in your mind. Come on. To try to get a door into your life. But the Bible says that he's already been destroyed. Look at uh, Colossians 2.15. I'm just here to remind you of some things today. Hallelujah. Colossians 2.15, it says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Listen, when, when Jesus destroyed the devil, he brought him out, all his demons, principalities and powers that he tried, he brought him out and paraded him around and said, look at this, I have defeated him. Openly, he was shown. Actually, it talked about that he was paraded around all the gates of hell, all everywhere. And they were seeing that Jesus Christ destroyed the devil. Destroyed him. All of his works. Destroyed him. Amen. He's destroyed. 
Then he goes on to say in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, So for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory. Say, I've got the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Even our faith. Our faith is what overcomes the world. When he says world, there's its cosmos. It's the world system. It's the thing that the enemy is still controlling because he says that he is the God of this world. And so cosmos, the world, is the world system, the world's beliefs that have only been originated from the father of lies. Manipulation, control, all of that is operating through the principality of the air, which is Satan, the devil. Come on. He's still out there. He's still roaming around. And he is still on the hunt. Are you going to let him devour you? Are you going to let him kill for, for kill you? Destroy you? Steal from you? Come on. So we have to stay Firm in our faith, knowing that we've already been given the victory. Yes, we've already been given the victory. Hallelujah. So I want to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. You know, the devil is defeated. Jesus has already won the victory for us. Come on. He's already won the victory. He's, the devil is already defeated. And listen to this. Uh, right now, all we have to do is stand against his scheming. That's it. That's all we have to do is hashtag resist him. And stand firm in our faith, the scripture says. The Lord did not leave us here helpless. He did not leave us here to be beat up by the devil 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No, he left us armor. He left us what we needed to be able to overcome the enemy and his ploys and his uh, schemes. And I'm going to tell you now, uh, when you are under this uh, uh, actual attack of the enemy and things are pressing on you to get you off your faith and get you off what you believe and get you out of things you know, come on, uh, let me tell you something. This is the perfect opportunity to demonstrate the power of God in your life. The perfect opportunity. Say, I have an opportunity. I have an opportunity to demonstrate God's power in my life. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you, when you choose to not allow the enemy to get you off and get you distracted or fall into a trap that he has set for you, yeah, he has traps set for you. And when you do, when you choose to say, no, I'm going to do it God's way, come on, you demonstrate the power of God over the enemy, and he can't stand it. He can't stand to see believers stand up in the face of him and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You get under my feet where you belong. He can't stand it. Actually, it says that he has to flee. 
So if the devil's still trying to get you off your faith, listen, you have not resisted him. You have not first. James 4, 7 says this. I don't have this in my notes. It was just come by the Holy Spirit, so it must be something you need to hear. He says in James 7, what does he say? Submit to God. Resist the devil, and what will happen? He'll stay and bother you? No, he said he'll flee. He'll flee from you. He'll flee from you when you submit to God. What does that mean? Submit to God's word by faith in what it is you know you ought to be doing. Hallelujah. So that the power of God can be demonstrated in your life. So that the world can actually look at our lives and see that every time the enemy tries to come in like a flood, you resist him. Come on. You have demonstrated power over him. You don't fall into the traps of the enemy to get you off, to get you in places you ought not to be. Amen. So let's read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. Y'all pray for me. I do have seven pages of notes. I don't know why I do it. It says in verse 10, uh, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. I'm going to read this whole text, and then we're going to come back and talk about a few points. Ephesians 6, 10, 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his strength of his might. What does he say? Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the what? The schemes of the devil. He has schemes. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against the things that are going on. It's not against the people that are coming against you. It's not against the situations that may be happening in your home. No, the devil is out to destroy. And so he goes on to say, The struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to what? Hashtag resist in the evil day. And having done everything to do what? Stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Oh, there's so much misunderstanding about that, and we'll come back to and talk about it. In addition to all, how can you stand up in the face of the devil uh, in peace? Like people think, well, this is the gospel of peace. We just need to be uh, peaceful. No, when you're standing in the face of, uh, come on, the devil and under attack, he tells us the gospel of peace. Peace is no matter what's going on, I know I have rest in him, in my faith. This isn't no patty cake Christianity about peace. Actually, when you read about the armor of God, when he shod his... uh, feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace these things were made of um real real thick metal or leather can't remember which one of them anyway i know this was made of leather and they were so tight so that nothing could penetrate them and not only that 
It says that these Roman soldiers that uh, wore this army where Paul got the revelation of from was when he was in the prison with the Roman soldiers. And so they said these boots that they had on had three-inch spikes on them in the front and the back. Now you tell me, that's peaceful? You can still be in peace. What is he saying? Your peace, tranquility with no matter what's going on because you rest in God. You rest in your faith. But when it comes to walking, these boots were made for stomping. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, well, let me finish. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with, with which you're able to extinguish some of the flaming arrows of the evil one. All of them. All of them. This means that we can resist anything that the enemy is trying to put on us, throw at us. Anything. All things. There is nothing that the enemy or the devil can do to defeat you unless you let him. And one way you let him is not keeping your armor on. Not keeping your armor on. Not staying in a place of defense and offense. Because the armor can be an offense and a defense. And so this is the way the enemy gets in. is because we've got one piece of our armor missing. All of them are important. All of them are necessary to keep you protected. To keep you protected. Come on. And then he goes on to say, and the helmet of salvation. This is not just your salvation of being born again. Uh, We'll talk about this. And the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert. This is your defense, right? You are on alert. You are in a position of defense. That meaning at any time that the enemy would try to throw anything, I'm already ready because I've been keeping my armor on. I'm keeping it on. I'm not taking it off. I'm not laying it down. Not laying it down. So, let's break this down a little bit. Ephesians 6.10 verse 18. So, as I was saying that uh, Paul is imprisoned by the Roman soldiers, right? So he's using this analogy because God's giving him a type and shadow, so to speak, uh, uh, or what Jesus used to have as parables. He would see the fields, and then he would get a, a message on it. So here Paul is doing the same thing. He sees these Roman soldiers with all this armor on, and he begins to get a download, right? Uh, just like Pastor did in cooking, Right? So here he's getting a download about these Roman soldiers. Roman soldiers were bad to the bone. I mean, they were bad to the bone. Right? So, you know, think of, I don't know, what are some of these, like, um, war movies? I don't really, like, um, Gladiator. Gladiator and all these kind, you know? 
uh, 300, isn't that one? Uh, I never watched them. It's too gory for me. But um, anyway, think about these warriors. Think about how they fought. Roman soldiers were the baddest to the baddest. All right? And so a Roman soldier was not a weak man. A Roman soldier was actually a big man. He had to be strong enough to be able to carry all of his armor. And it was like over 100 pounds. All of the armor that he had on was over 100 pounds. So he had to be a strong man. He had to be a fit, physical man to be able to carry the armor in and of itself. All right? And he says, listen, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I'm telling you to carry our armor, we have to be strong in him. Because when we are weak and we feel like we can't put on our armor or carry it, come on, what does the scripture say? He makes us weaker, defeated, tired. No, he makes us strong. He makes us strong. How are we strong? In his might. In his ability. Come on. In his supernatural. That's what that means. When you break strength of his might, strong in the Lord. Supernatural power to demonstrate. Come on. Being infused with an excessive amount of dynamite, dynamic power in the inner man and his ability. That's what that means. So that means no matter what's going on. Come on. If we can be strong in the Lord. And the power of his might. Then we're going to be able to stand and hold up our armor. Come on. We're going to be able to be strong. That actually reminded me when I was studying this out. Um, you know, I'm not really into cars. I don't know. God just gives me some of the craziest things when I'm like praying in the spirit. Because somebody needs to hear about it, I guess. I mean, I don't even know. I'm not a car person. But he talked to me about a muscle car. Y'all remember... Y'all remember in the old days about muscle cars? I mean, they were brute. And they had a, what, a V8 under the engine. Would get down the road. And so the Lord talked to me about when he says the power of his might. You have got a V8. Come on. You got to be a muscle car. Come on. To be able to go and run your race. Because muscle cars, you didn't want to race them. You didn't want one of them to come up on the side of the road when you're at the red light. No. Because you, because you knew. I'm getting ready to, you know, deal with one of these cars here. They have something under their hood. You, do you got something under your hood? <laughs> I don't know. He gives me the craziest things. I'm like, what? Um, so... When he's talking about the power of his might, he's saying, listen, you got might on the inside of you. You got a V8 engine, a muscle car on the inside of you to be able to do what you need to do to push back the enemy. Come on, to resist him, to stand firm in him, to be strong in him. A mighty empowerment of the power of God. 
Hallelujah. And we know this came from Acts 1, and you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will not be able to resist in the evil day. Come on, if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit operated in your life, you're going to cave. You're going to cave. So these are these soldiers had brute up underneath their hood. They were strong. They were bad to the bone. They had what it takes to be able to defeat their enemy. They were not scared. They were confident in the Lord. That they could come up. They said these run. You are, it, when it says to stand firm against him, that means you look him face to face, eye to eye. You see these people, come on, you, you stare them down. You get right up in their face and you look them straight down to the middle. There's a confidence there to stand. This isn't like in fear. No, they knew they were ready for battle. They knew how to fight the good fight. Come on. They knew how to cut down the enemy. So he goes on to say uh, they were actually, these Roman soldiers were literally trained to kill. They were trained killers. Trained. They knew. You didn't want to mess with one of these Roman soldiers because they will cut you. Right? They'll kill you. All right? They were trained to do that. So, verse 11, let's go on. Put on the full armor of God uh, so that you'll be able to stand boldly and confident, face-to-face, fearless. This is my translation. In a position firm against the schemes or the wiles. Wiles, which means the manipulation And what did I say? It all happens right here. The enemy's trying to get schemes, manipulation, get you in a place with strongholds uh, and oppression and thoughts that are going to try to get you off. This is his battlefield right here. This is his playing game. This is where he plays mind games with you. And he's trying to get your mind so twisted up off of the right thoughts on to the wrong thoughts and get them all manipulated and twisted to get you off and to get you, uh, that's what that word wiles means, uh, devices of deception. He's trying to deceive you. He was the deceiver from the beginning. Isn't that what the scripture says? All he has is lies. All he has is deception. All he has is manipulation and control. And it all happens right here in your mind. And so he says this. He said, and then also when you break that out, the wiles, the schemes, the deception, uh, he, it's the only road he knows how to take. It's his only mode of operation. It's his only road. Uh, He's trying to find that road to be able to get into your mind, to be able to get into uh, your thinking, to be able to get into your life with an open door so that he can twist and pervert. Because that's his job. That's what he does. It's exactly what he did with Eve in the garden, isn't it? He twisted God's word. 
and she yielded to it. She got, he got in with a thought, you'll surely not die. He twisted it, manipulated it, changed God's word to get her to take the bait. To take the bait. And we all are, uh, you know, a product of that. That's why I said all of us has got a little bit of mental illness. That we have to get under control. Get under control. Get it submitted to the Word of God. Get your mind renewed. Come on, get it right. Get right thinking, not wrong thinking. God thinking, God thoughts. So Romans 13, 14 says, You have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust. So I said there's two ways that the enemy tries to get in. Through your mind, but then also through the lust of your flesh. The lust of your flesh. And he tells us if we're born again, then why do we have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ? Why do we have to put on the armor? Because we can take it off. We can take it off. We have to choose to align ourselves with Christ. We have to choose to allow allow ourselves, align ourselves with the word of God. Come on. We have to choose to do this. So we have a choice because if we did it, then we would be robots. And God did not want robots. He wanted people that would willfully choose to obey him. And so, therefore, we have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for our flesh. We have to put on the full armor of God. We have to put it on. Look what he says in Romans 13, 12. It says, the night is far spent and the day is at hand. I'm telling you, the day is at hand. Let us, therefore, cast off the works of darkness and let us put on what? The armor of light. So there's many scriptures that talks about the fact that we have to put it on. Just because we're born again doesn't mean uh, that we're going to do what God says. That Come on. He tells us we have to clothe ourselves. He tells us we have to put on love. There's so many things that he tells us we have to do. He brought salvation and deliverance to our life. But we see here we have to put on the helmet of salvation. We have to put it on. Why would we have to put it on? If God saved us, we're good to go. So when we die, we go to heaven. No, we have to choose to put it on every day, to clothe ourselves every day, just like we choose to not go out of the house naked. You better go to your closet and put on your armor. Go to your closet and put on your armor. Before you leave the house. Because nobody wants to see you looking naked. And because when you look naked, that means you're open and exposed for the enemy to take out. So, many scriptures says that we have to do this. And then he goes on to say in verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. What is it against? It's against these uh, rulers, against powers, against world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. There is still uh, demonic activity, demons looking, roaming around at, at the devil's bidding and wanting to operate in the sons of disobedience. 
obedience. But we ought to not be allowing these things to affect our lives. So he goes on to say this. Uh, Ephesians 2, 2, in which at one time, listen, we used to walk under this uh, domain of darkness. We used to walk habitually under the domain of darkness. You were all following the course in the fashion of this world. You were under the sway. That means the manipulation, the tendencies of this present age, allowing the prince. Who's the prince? The, the prince is the devil. The prince of the power of the air. You were obedient to and under the control of what? The demon spirit. There is still a demon spirit that is at work in this world. And people just, oh, just think this is all just, you know, well, uh, everything's wonderful. I'm born again. You know, I should have no worries, no problems. You know, this is just going to be, you know, you know, I could act like that. But I would actually be deceiving myself. In my religiosity and Christi my beautiful little Christianity. I would be deceiving myself to think that the enemy is still not at work. Constantly. Constantly at work. Actually, the name of the devil is uh, Diablos, and he comes to pound and pound and pound in your mind. That's what it means, uh, to pound and pound and pound and pound. What does he try to do? Pound in so much in your mind that he breaks open a loose place so that he can find a way of entrance. So he's looking for a crack in you. He's looking for a crack in you. And I'm going to tell you, when you have on the full armor of God, there will be no crack. Because a Roman soldier was covered from head to toe. From head to toe. There was no crack. There was no way of entrance. From head to toe. So listen, it was... We were all under the sway of this demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of who? Disobedience. Those that are rebellious and unbelieving who are against the purposes of God. That means they don't believe God. They are unbelievers. They are not born again. And these are the people that the enemy, they may be good people, but they are not God people. Amen. And actually he said no one's good, no not one. So we cannot be deceived. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. For our weapons of warfare are not of the flesh, but what are they? They are powerful for pulling down the destruction of fortresses that have been built in our mind. We are destroying these speculations, uh, these Images, these thoughts, this manipulation that the enemy is trying to what? Loft itself up, raise itself up against the knowledge of God. And so he tells us here, and we are what? To take every thought captive and to the obedience of Christ. We are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is completed. Listen, when you choose to obey the word of God, that disobedience is dealt with. 
But if you don't choose to obey, then you are still operating in disobedience. And the enemy has a foothold. Has a foothold. So then verse 13 says, Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything, stand firm. Stand firm. Submit to God. Resist the devil. Stand. One translation says in James 4, 7, I believe it's in the Amplified, he says, resist the devil. Stand firm. And then he'll flee from you. Stand firm. You don't have to be moved. Those Roman soldiers, they guard that. You know, they're there. They looking straight ahead. They have their gear on, and they are not what? They're not moved. I mean, they look like statues. They don't move until orders from the top call them to move. Come on. And so... Here they are, they're standing firm. What does it say? Having their girded their loins with truth. What is this? This is the loin belt, one translation calls it. And it is in the center and it is the thing that holds all the armor in its place. The loin belt of truth. We will not be able to resist the devil. We will not be able to stand against the devil. We will not be able to beat the devil outside of the word of God. We have to, as we've been talking about, allow the engrafted word of God to save our soul. The word of God is the only truth, come on, that will remain. Actually, let's read that scripture. John 17, 17 says this, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Any believer that is not taking uh, their daily bread, come on, of the word of God every day and meditating on the word every day, day and night, you are not going to be able to resist the enemy. I'm just telling you right now. And that is why we are seeing so many people cave under the pressure. Cave under the pressure. So this loin belt holds everything in place. It's the center of everything, and your faith hinges on it. Your faith hinges on it. Your righteousness, your peace, salvation, everything is holding together with the word of truth. With the loin belt of truth. That is what we need. This is how we know that when the uh, Spirit led Jesus to be what? Tempted of the devil. What did he say to whip him? The ver- one of the first things, uh, look at Matthew 4, 4. It says, but he answered and said to him, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. But what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He said it is written. He defeated the enemy because he had an arsenal of the word of God on the inside of him. He was truth. He had truth. He spoke truth. He spoke the word. He said, devil, you're a liar. It is written. I can tell you right now what my daddy said. He spoke it. He said it because he had it in him. He had it in him. And outside of the word of truth, 
outside of meditating in the Word day and night. You're not going to have it in you when it comes time. This is why I said it's offensive and defensive. You better have yourself covered. Covered. Come on. Not just by the blood, but the armor. Not just by I was saved, but the armor. Amen. So James 1.21, it says, Therefore, putting aside all filthy, which I said this, uh, with all humility, receive the word, the implanted word of God, which is able to save your soul. And we know Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world. And actually, when you looked up, do not be conformed to this world, it's the same thing. The world's thinking, the world's system, how the world operates. Listen, he does not want you to conform. But everything in society and in our culture right now is trying to get us to conform to their thoughts and to their ways. And if we don't have a solid, firm foundation of the Word of God, come on, then we're going to cave and we're going to think we need Prozac and we're going to think we need all these other things. Come on, that they're pushing in society today. And so the enemy is wanting to devour you but i'm going to tell you and attest to you right now that if you stand on the word of god in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through and you allow the full armor of god to be put on you every day come on then you will not have to uh fall into the enemy's traps now let's look it says the breastplate of righteousness the breastplate of righteousness the breastplate covered from the neck to, uh, you know, past your hips. The neck, or not the neck, what did I say? Yeah, the neck to the hips. It's the breastplate of righteousness. And the breastplate, they said, was the most beautiful thing. Obviously, it's the largest, well, not the largest thing, but it's the thing here that's the most beautiful. It was usually uh, decorative. Um, It was just the most beautiful decorative thing that they were wearing. And that... Um, it was shiny, very shiny. And actually they said that uh, you had to, uh, you know, put the breastplate in a dark place so that it won't lose its shine because you wanted it to shine bright. Isn't that what the righteousness of God does in our life? It makes us shine so bright. Come on. And so it says that... um, this righteousness is the thing that helps protect, uh, or this breastplate, it helps protect all the major organs. Righteousness. What is this? You being in right standing with God. That we are the righteousness, what? In Christ. Righteousness. Being right with God. Being in a right position with Him. All of these things are what we consider righteousness. And when we do that, uh, there's protection. That means that when somebody talks bad about you or wants to stab you in the back, that you can still walk in love because you're keeping yourself righteous. You're keeping your major organs protected. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Y'all good? Verse 7. By the word of truth and by the power of God, 
God by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. Here in 2 Corinthians, he talks about the armor of righteousness as well. Now look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So as we continue to put our position of being in the Word, studying the Word of God, then what is that doing? That's letting us see who we are in a right position. And then he talks about the fact that we would have then fruits of righteousness. That means there's going to be a demonstration of righteousness in our life. We're not going to be doing wrong things. The difference from right is what? wrong. We're going to be doing what's right according to scripture. We're going to be doing what his word says out of the heart of love. Amen. Hebrews 12 talks about being trained in righteousness. How do we get trained in righteousness? From the word of God. From the word of God. We have to be trained. If we're not trained, then guess what? In our righteousness, then the enemy, we are not going to be able to stand with all of our armor on. As I said, we don't want to go out of the room without one piece of clothing on. We don't want to go out uh, without a piece of our armor on because the enemy will find a way in. All right? So he goes on to say this uh, in, uh, let's see, where do I want to go? In addition, or having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We talked about these boots. Yes, they were made of metal. And uh, they were the, from here, from the top of your knees down. I mean, they covered the whole thing. And I said they had three inch so most of the time when people's like, oh, the gospel of peace, we're just peace. No, no, that had to do with tranquility of mind. That you are at peace with him, that you are at rest with him, peace at him with your salvation, but peace at him in faith, in your position of faith, in the rest of God. Because you're not going to have boots on of peace if you're in a battle. These boots need to be able to... And it also means these boots, this also, this gospel of peace also means that you have firm footing. You have a firm foundation. Your your foundation is on the gospel. Salvation, right? It is a firm footing. You have a foundation. It's firm. That means you're not going to slip. You're not going to fall. You're going to be on a firm foundation, a sure footing. All right? That's what it's talking about. Or readiness. Readiness, one translation says, the readiness of uh, peace means you're ready. You're, you're, You're at peace with God. You know who you are. You're resting in faith, and you are ready for the battle. You're ready for the battle. Whatever may come, whatever may come, you've got your armor on, and you're ready to stand against him. That means you don't have to get anxious. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to, you know, uh, be in turmoil when something happens. No, you know who you are. All right? You know that you are at peace with him. Colossians 3, 
uh, let me read this. Romans 16, 20, it says, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. That is the God of peace will bruise Satan. Bruise him under his feet. We know he crushed his head. Right? And he said he'd make our enemy a footstool. So he is under our feet. And that's the place the enemy needs to stay. Amen. He needs to stay there. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called into one body. So let the peace of God rule in your heart. Philippians 4.7 says, The peace of God that surpasses all comprehensions will guard your hearts and... Will guard your hearts and your mind. Your heart and your mind. The peace of God will guard your mind. That means it doesn't have to be concerned about anything. Amen. You don't have to be fearful about what's going on. No, if you actually allow his peace to rule in your heart, then the Holy Spirit can begin to speak to you of a a strategic plan to be able to resist where you're at. He'll give you what you need. He'll give you what you need. And that's what it is. In addition, taking up the shield of faith for which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the enemy. The shield of faith. The shield of faith. So the shield of faith actually clipped into the belt of truth. And the shield of faith was as big as a door. You see in those war movies, they have those big shields that they hold up. And actually, I don't know which one I'm thinking of. I saw them that they would have people that would be beside them and they would all put the shields around them. So these shields were from top of your head to the sole of your feet. That is your shield of faith. Anything that is happening has to be connected to your faith in God. The Word of God, right? The Word of God, the truth of God's Word, because Romans 10.10 says this, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. So they cannot be separated. That means you cannot be in a position that you are not constantly in the place that you're hearing the Word because that is how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing, but faith is applied by actually doing and yielding to what it is the Scripture is telling you to do in the moment. And that faith shield is able to surround you and to be able to extinguish everything that the enemy from front to back is trying to throw at you. Every flaming missile, everything that the enemy's trying to throw at you to get you defeated. Actually, they said this shield of faith was made of thick animal skin, and it had to be oiled. It had to be oiled. That's the oil of the Holy Ghost. It had to have fresh oil after a battle. Come on. And not only did it have to have the oil of the Holy Ghost applied. This is my 
translation, it also, they had to soak them in water because leather or thick animal skin will what? It'll begin to what? Crack if it dries out. So it had to be soaked in the water, the water, the washing of the word. There's times that you just need to be soaking in the word. And especially if you know you are under attack. You need to be soaking in the word and washing yourself and your mind in the watering of the word. And you need to have the Holy Spirit rubbed down and smeared on your shield of faith. So that that when they come on, when the arrows come, they're going to ping off because it's so slippery with oil. Because you're so full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm telling you today that I know that there are people that are under attack. But I'm going to tell you today as well, I know that people don't have their armor on. They don't have it on. I don't even have time to get to the helmet of salvation and, you know, the double-edged sword. Double-edged sword is the word of God, the Logos word, and the rhema word spoken out of your mouth. You're not speaking the word. You may be speaking it, but you don't even believe it. So there's many that don't have their full armor on. That's why I'm saying if you don't have it completely on, you are exposed. For the enemy, and that's why he's still there because you ain't resisting him. You aren't submitting to God and resisting him to get him to flee. Amen. Amen. But I'm here to tell you good news that he's given us what we need to stand against it and to get our armor back on. At a moment, I can go to the closet. Come on. I can go to the Word of God and say, Father, I repent. I ask you to forgive me for not putting on my armor, all of my armor. Come on. I need it all on. Do a new work in me. Soak me in your water. Come on. All me down with the Holy Ghost and power so that I can get back up and be able to stand and fight because I am a strong soldier ready to fight the battle and not be defeated but be in victory which is the place you called me to be in a place of victory not defeat in a place of overcoming like he already overcame he overcame so that we could overcome anything Paul said this I've been crushed I've been persecuted. I've been, come on, perplexed. Perplexed means I've been all kinds of things going in my mind. I'm perplexed about what I see going on and why this is all happening. But I'm going to tell you not one thing. I've been cr- crushed, persecuted, but I will not, come on, I will not submit to the devil. Don't submit to the devil. Submit to God. Resist him and he'll flee. He'll flee. He'll change your situation if you just get your armor back on.